0: Welcome to the Habisha Finance Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial independence and overcome your money problems. I'm Matt, bringing you the education and tools to help you get your life back, build wealth, and make a difference. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 24. I'm Matt, and I'm here to help you get your life back, build wealth, and make a difference. I hope you all had a great weekend. Today, we're going to be talking about the Financial Independence Guide for Immigrants. Welcome to America. This episode is going to be a little special because this one hits home for me. When my parents came to this country, they literally arrived with empty pockets and a dream of a better, safer, and more prosperous life than the one they had known in Ethiopia. From New York, to Illinois, to California, to Georgia, my parents have almost done it all. Between the two of them, they've worked as a taxi driver, these are the pre-Uber days, a hotel doorman, a valet attendant, a florist, both as technicians, a grocery store baker, a house cleaner, and several many other jobs. They've worked hard since coming to this country and continue to do so today, especially now that their son respectfully pushes them towards financial independence. But, you know, I am quickly finding out as I've been on this journey to financial independence with my wife for almost two years, just how little my parents really knew about personal finance. And this was no fault of their own. You know, how are you supposed to know how to save and invest if no one ever tells you? So check this out. I did the math, and if they had even just saved and invested an average of $200 a month over the last 32 years, which is how old I am, in Vanguard's S&P 500 index fund, they'd have a little over $600,000, and that's without question the S&P 500 index gained an annualized return of 10.37% with dividends reinvested from August 1986 to August 2018. And by 2026, with a steady 10.37% interest rate, they would have $1.4 million. That's 40 years of investing from 1986 to 2026. So I hope you get the point. I hope you see what I saw when I was doing all of my hypothetical models of various compound interest calculations that it was possible for them to achieve financial independence by now. And so I got to thinking, yep, I did that. I started thinking, my parents were immigrants who came to the United States of America, but were not provided the valuable personal finance, education that could have otherwise changed where they are today. And even now, there are more and more immigrants who are legally and properly coming to this country with the same hopes and dreams my parents had over 32 years ago. You listening might be that person. In 32 years from the time you're listening to this or maybe reading the post that goes with this episode, I hope and strongly believe that you will have achieved financial independence and maybe even sooner than 32 years. And that this will have been possible because you took the time to read and listen to the words that I am about to share with you. As an immigrant, you will face challenges American-born individuals will never face. You may be learning English for the first time. You will have to get used to laws and rules set by the U.S. government that may not be present in your home country, such as driving laws. And to my immigrant brothers and sisters, you know what I'm talking about. I hope this will help as I did my best to create a financial independence guide for immigrants so that you find success with money in ways I wish my parents did. So the first topic that I want to address is life insurance. Life insurance is critical and it's a critical must as you begin to follow the principles in this financial independence guide. I see immigrants who come to this country, establish themselves, and start to live a decent life until the unthinkable happens. The breadwinner for the family dies, and there was never a life insurance policy in place to financially protect his or her loved ones. Do not let this happen to your family. As you're just trying to figure everything out in this country, I recommend term life insurance. It's cheap and it does the job. Aim for 10 times your income or a minimum that will provide income to those who depend on you. Also take into consideration any outstanding debts like a mortgage or a student loan that a family member may have. Life insurance for the stay-at-home parents is also a must and that amount will vary from family to family. I like to designate $250,000 to $500,000 for those stay-at-home parents because what you do is very important. And the reason why I recommend term life insurance is because it's low cost. You can put more of your hard-earned dollars towards investments and savings accounts and reducing any debt you have. Also, included in this is having a will for your family establish a will as early as possible. And it won't hurt to have an estate plan too. So if you're wondering where you go to get life insurance, you can go to the same place that I went to. It's my affiliate link with Haven Life. All you have to do is go to brotherfi.com slash life, and it'll take you to the folks at Haven Life where you can simply set up an account, answer some questions, and after that, they schedule an appointment with you to do a medical exam To see how much insurance that you qualify for. And the great thing about that medical exam is that they come to you. So you don't have to worry about driving anywhere. They work with your schedule. Taking a week or two to get this life insurance literally could save your family so much pain and so much trouble in the worst case scenario. My next advice in this financial independence guide is to start tracking your net worth. As an immigrant in the U.S., you have a very big advantage. It's because you most likely will not have a negative net worth. You might actually have a positive net worth, depending on if you're bringing some assets with you to the U.S. That's something to be happy about. Believe me, you don't have debt and anything crazy you owe money for. You are in an amazing position where you will only be adding to your net worth. So be happy about that. The most simple way to track your net worth is to create an Excel spreadsheet with two columns, assets and liabilities. Assets is basically the stuff that makes your net worth positive, such as money in a savings account, your home value, and various investments. The liabilities will be the stuff that brings your net worth down, like student loans, credit card debt, maybe even a mortgage, make sure to always keep assets greater than liabilities. And I'll say that again, make sure to always keep assets greater than liabilities. Overall, the goal for financial independence should be to have zero liabilities as you continue to increase your assets. If you don't like creating your own spreadsheet, I have two free options here, personal capital and a Google Sheets template. Personal Capital is this awesome free online tool and app that helps track your net worth. It's what my wife and I use personally, and you can connect all your accounts and the program makes it easy to track your net worth. But if you're not a fan of linking accounts or having your information on a website, you can use the free Google Sheets template that I'll link in the show notes. It's basic and it helps you do exactly what you want it to do. Calculate your net worth. The next part of this guide is about saving money. The temptation to buy the latest iPhone or laptop is big when you get your first paycheck. Let me give you some honest, brotherly advice start saving when you start earning a paycheck. Simple as that. The earlier you learn to save, the more successful you will become in achieving financial independence. This is why you should plan to save anywhere from 30 to 50% of your income in retirement accounts like a 401k and IRAs. For more information about the different kind of retirement accounts that you can save in, I will link into a few episodes that I did in the past that goes into things like a 401k, a traditional IRA, even a SEP IRA if you plan to start your own business. Don't get me wrong. I understand there is a desire to want to help and support your family back in the country you came from. But you need to understand that you have to take care of yourself too. The best way to support your family is by taking the first year or two and establishing yourself financially in the US. And if you need to send money right away each month, then I recommend adding a line item in the budget that you will have for family back home and send the same amount of money each month. There will be emergencies sometimes, but remember, you're still learning so much in a new country and you have to help yourself before you help others. That's the best way to help others. The best way to help and support families back in your country of origin is to help yourself. So start saving the moment you begin earning a wage. And if you have any questions or comments, please comment in the show notes, comment below, or send me an email at matt at brotherfi.com. I would love to just connect and chat and help those of you who are here in this country for the first time or haven't really figured out this whole personal finance thing. I think this is a big part of my mission, my mission in life and my goal on this journey is to bring as many people along as I can. And so the next part of this guide is about investing money. I see so many people who come to this country for the first time and go straight to work, which isn't a bad path to begin on. However, those same people never start their investing for the future. The money they make get sent to their families back in their home countries and 20 30 40 years pass by and these individuals have nothing to show for their hard work this is what makes investing in your future very important like I've mentioned before as immigrants the majority of you have the benefit of starting with a positive net worth so take advantage of this so I There is this perception, there is this idea that investing is hard and difficult. So let me make it as simple as possible for you with two words. Index funds. When you open a retirement account or a regular taxable investing account, you have to choose what kind of investments you want to put your money in. Index funds are a great way for any beginner investor to start investing money. Index funds usually have low fees and history shows that these kinds of investments are great for long-term wealth building. Investing money is for the long term. Anyone who tells you about a get-rich-quick idea means that you need to get away quick. So part of the 30 to 50% of your savings will go to these index funds. And I'm 99.99999% sure that you'll be very happy you did so. And investing just doesn't have to stop there. If you're interested in adding real estate, if you're interested in starting a business, these are investments that you also can add and make for yourself. Not all the money you make has to go to index funds, and that's not my message. This message is simply that you can start with something as simple as an index fund, which I have an article written that I will link in the show notes for you to go and check out and read. It's very easy to do and very possible for anyone who is starting their investment game to start doing. All right, I hope you're still with me. This is going to be a pretty long episode because I think it's a very important guide that we all can benefit from, not just the people who are coming from a different country into the United States. But I have a feeling that the principles in this guide can be applied virtually anywhere, especially this next point that I'm about to make. And that is start a monthly budget. Saving and investing can be difficult if there's no structure. So in order to do this successfully, you will need to start a monthly budget. There are so many free budgeting calculators and apps to help you be financially responsible. Personally, I enjoy using a Google Sheets budget template. My wife and I have been using this budget since the beginning of 2017. This has been a key contributing factor in our ability to get on the path to financial independence. I even created a video tutorial for you to use and reference for this Google Sheets budget. So go ahead, check it out and let me know what you think. When you create your monthly budget, make sure you follow the advice and tips in the video. If you want to save and invest, you can include those categories and the amounts for each in your monthly budget. Again, if you plan to send money back home, you will want to add this amount to your monthly budget. The main goal of budgeting is to give each dollar you earn a task so that you don't overspend and become broke before the end of each month. That's called living paycheck to paycheck, and it's a horrible way to live financially. Don't let that happen to you. Don't let that happen to the people you love. All right, next up, I'm going to talk about education and student loans. You may have heard the saying, knowledge is power. The opportunity to learn and grow as a student in the U.S. is truly great. My advice is to first never take any student loans for a bachelor's degree. To accomplish a debt-free education means you may have to go to community college You may have to work to put yourself through school financially. You might even have to apply to hundreds of different scholarships and grants. Whatever your college plan is or your child's college plan, make sure that student loans are not a part of that plan. When it's time to get a professional degree, such as a medical degree or a law degree, then you may have to start looking at securing low-interest student loans. Still, if I was in this situation... I would absolutely do everything to not take student loans and limit the amount of debt I owe after getting my professional degree. One thing you need to know is that there are companies that will pay for your higher level of education and colleges that are looking for students to award grants and assistantships so that you don't have to come out of pocket. So many of us just accept that we're going to take student loans and pay for it later. The key to life after college is that you don't spend your professional earning years paying for your college learning years. Like that's a big, big no-no, especially for people who are coming to this country with a positive net worth. If you can manage to find a way to not have to take student loans, then you are ahead of so many people and kudos to you. Bravo. I clapped twice for you. You hear that? (laughs) All right. Next up, purchasing used cars. Bottom line, never, ever, ever finance a car. Do I make myself clear? I think I could end this section on that. But I think a little bit of explanation is needed. The average car payment today is $523, according to Experian. And that's ridiculous. That's outrageous. How are people supposed to save for retirement, kids' college funds, and pay off a mortgage? How are people who are just coming to this country supposed to do all of that? The one thing people don't realize is that cars require maintenance, oil changes, tune-ups, service checks, and oh yeah, that thing that always gets expensive each year, gas. Then add on top of that car insurance and yearly registration fees, The financial burden of having a car can easily become more than expected if you're not careful. Hence why I recommend getting a used, reliable car that does the job. Even though we've paid all my debts off and just about done paying off my wife's, I still plan to continue driving my 2007 Toyota Scion TC till the car is no longer economically usable. If you really want the ultimate saving strategy for a car, don't buy one. Use public transportation, especially if you live in a city with great public transportation. Atlanta is a city that doesn't have the best layout for public transportation, but I used to hop on that train so many times early in my working years that it definitely saved me a lot of money. My car is paid off and my student loans are too. And so I tell you these things because I want you to understand having zero debt is great and awesome. Up next, renting versus owning. One of the biggest mistakes foreigners make in this country is rushing to get a house. Let me start by saying this financial independence guide is to show you that achieving this status takes time. There are no shortcuts or get rich quick schemes. This financial independence guide is indeed a get rich overtime process that my wife and I are 100% dedicated to. When it comes to home ownership, you can imagine the pressure that we faced from family and friends to buy a house. They all say the same thing. You guys are throwing money away. And while this might seem true at first, the reality is that you are more successful in erasing your debt if you don't have any high cost obligations to pay for. And renting helps you on that. Renting a house or an apartment is a great way to buy some time while you clean up your finances. You don't need to rush into owning a house, a condo, or a townhouse. Start your living arrangements by renting. This will save you so much headache down the road. Also, Renting a house is a great preview for home ownership. Don't jump into home ownership without taking care of your debt and establishing yourself financially. And when you do get ready to buy a home, make sure you have a 20% down payment for a 15-year mortgage and pay no more than 20-25% to of your household monthly income every month. So, I plan to go deeper into home ownership and renting in a later episode. So if you don't want to miss that, make sure you go to brotherfi.com slash subscribe or just simply subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss the latest updates. As I was preparing this, the new iPhone 10S, 10R, 10S, I don't know, 10S Max, whatever it's called, XS, XR, and XS Max have been coming out. I've been getting so many emails about pre-order this, pre-order that. And I don't know why. I really need to unsubscribe to those uh, email updates. But I was shocked when I saw the headlines that mentioned millions of Americans were willing to go into debt for the new iPhone. Seriously, many of these Americans, I'd bet, were immigrants who came to this country. But you, you listening, understand that this kind of thing is not acceptable. If you take anything away from this financial independence guide, it's that you should never borrow money for something you don't need. You don't go into debt for a phone. You don't go into debt for clothes. You don't go into debt for furniture, appliances, and even a wedding, okay? Phone, clothes, credit cards, all that stuff. You gotta be careful with the credit card traps that are out there. And this is my message to you, to be careful. And realize, you can do everything with a debit card that you can do with a credit card. You just don't have the traps of having to pay interest on something that you bought. Remember, never borrow money for something you don't need. Like, the only two exceptions that I would put in here is... What I mentioned earlier, a professional degree and then even a mortgage. When you're getting ready to buy that home, you put 20% down. But the little stuff, come on guys, you gotta be smart with that. You gotta be smart with your money, alright? As you can tell, I'm very passionate about being debt free and staying that way. So many immigrants ruined their finances early on because they weren't properly educated. When you first arrive to the United States of America, you will have dreams, you'll have goals that are all precious, and I want you to get the money stuff right so that you don't have to worry 20, 30, or 40 years from now about your financial status. Let this financial independence guide be a reference for you, whether you just immigrated to the U.S. or you have been in this country for some time. If you've listened or read all the way to the end, then good for you. This post, this episode was dedicated to helping those just coming to the United States of America establish and follow a long term sustainable goal. It is very much possible for immigrants in the US to build wealth and reach financial independence. The key is in early education. Learn today what you can do to prepare for tomorrow and the future. Again, learn today what you can do to prepare for tomorrow and the future. I've witnessed so many Ethiopian and Eritrean immigrants come to the United States to work, send money back home, and never secure their own financial future. This was hard to watch because I saw it with my own parents. Obviously, there is nothing wrong with coming to this country for a better life and an opportunity to support your family wherever they are. The problem is when you do all those things for others and never focus on yourself. So let this Financial Independence Guide lead you down the path to get your life back, build wealth, and make a difference. I truly, truly hope that you listening have a great and purposeful week and future on your path to financial independence.